Uh, one of the hot spots of the economy has been the housing market for a decade. And that's one of the things the Fed wanted to slow down. Well, by golly, it looks like they're succeeding in doing that. Look at the most recent numbers. Pending home sales out Wednesday were supposed to be down 1.8%. I mean, that's a reversal. But they were down 4%. They're the lowest level since April of 2020. And then Tuesday, the Case-Shiller Home Price Index was out. And while it was up 8.6%, that's down from over 10%. And you look at some of the local numbers, and they're really beginning to slow down. I mean, even negative numbers month over month in, in Dallas. So is it finally slowing down? One man who knows is Chris Kelly. He's the CEO of Ebby Halliday Companies, which you know all the real estate brands with Dave Perry and Ebby and Williams True. But also he's in the mortgage business and the insurance business and the title operations. And Chris, your whole livelihood is tied to the housing market. How are you doing? <laughs> we're, do- we're doing well, David. Great to be with you. It's good to be with you. So tell me, we are, I mean, I mean it looks like even the mighty North Texas area is beginning to slow down a little bit. Yeah, and the reason for that is, let's say the difference between now and the last time we had a housing slowdown, you know, almost 15 years ago at this point, is this is rates-driven. Um, this isn't a broader economy issue, although the Fed is absolutely trying to impact the broader economy as well. But we are so rate sensitive. And as we like to kind of tell everybody, housing is typically first into a recession and first out of a recession because of that rate sensitivity. So we really entered into a housing recession in probably June of this year, if you look at the numbers. Um, but it is because it is rate inflicted. And so you can't hide from that. You know, when we went through the last recession, uh, if you were in certain markets where unemployment rate remained strong, foreclosures were low, um, you could kind of ride it out and not have those big experiences that maybe some other markets did. But this is rate driven and the rates are the same whether you're in North Texas or Miami or Los Angeles or New York. Uh, certainly we're not feeling maybe quite the pinch as some other markets because we were a healthy market heading into this um, as opposed to some other ones that were really just fueled by the COVID housing craze. Um, but certainly once you saw rates crest above six is when you saw a noticeable difference in demand. So sometimes, and I remember the last one, I've got to think very hard to remember the last housing recession because it's been hot for so long. But it seemed like they built on themselves and just simply put, you know, somebody would have their house, you know, have a heavy sign in front of their house for sale in the block, and it would stay there for longer than normal. And then other people in the block who were saying, well, you know, we thought about putting our house on the market. Maybe we ought to go ahead and do it. And then the thing would just sort of build, and it would have the impact of depressing the market even more. Yeah, here what we're seeing is a little bit of the opposite. So as demand has shrunk, normally what you would expect when demand comes down is for supply to go up. And certainly supply has ticked up a little bit, but it's mainly due to houses taking a little bit longer to sell than they did during the, you know, really COVID-crazed housing market we saw from 2020 to 2021 but 70% of all sellers are also buyers and when you are locked in and you have that great 3% mortgage rate and you don't have to move you know you haven't had a family dynamic change or a job change um you may not have to move at this point and so we're not seeing a dramatic rise in true inventory levels months of inventory has increased because again it's taking a little bit longer to sell um, but it is definitely still a market where we are low. We have less homes for sale now than we did 
in those 2018, 2019 years heading into the pandemic. So, so that I'm probably going to get the same response from a couple of your agents who are friends of mine that I was getting a year ago. And I'd say, so how's the housing market? They say, just terrible. I said, wait a minute. <laughs> all I look at is it's just booming. They say, yeah, but there's nothing to sell. We have all these buyers lined up and, and we don't have any inventory. I was thinking maybe this would this would help the inventory a little bit. Well, help there, your business. Yeah, and there certainly is more now than there was. We're going to end 2022 with more inventory than we had at the end of 2021 and more inventory than we had at the end of 2020. So it is definitely trending in the right direction back to that balanced market. But it is still significantly less inventory than we had in 2019. And as rates stabilize going into 2023, that doesn't mean they're going to go back to 3 or 4%, but rates People forget pre-pandemic rates were trending up in those four to four and a half, five percent ranges already. Um, and as rates stabilize, um, we'll see a normalization happen in the housing markets. It's not necessarily the interest rate that precludes people from uh, buying or selling. It's the volatility of a market that I think puts people on the sidelines. As, as you know, you and I have both bought houses in our histories where uh, getting a 6% mortgage right now would have seemed like the deal of the century. Boy, no kidding. And, <laughs> and so we'll get back to those stable where there isn't a wild change in rates from week to week or month to month. And as we know, housing is not purely an economic decision. It's it's emotional driven. It's, it's We had children or we're empty nesters or we had a job change or we want to live closer to family or to friends or we want to move closer into the city now. And so it's not always an economic decision. So 2023, we'll see a, a closer return to some of that normalization that we're used to. Well, tell me about your area, because you operate all over the area now, in fact, well into East Texas. And a lot of, you know, a lot of the expansion we've seen in the housing market is, you know, in the case of Dallas, is through Plano, through Frisco, and on up toward Salina, maybe as far as Sherman Denison, and and southwest out of Fort Worth, building north of Fort Worth, and down toward toward Mansfield. Are those areas slowing down, or is that area still hot? Well, it, it relatively yes. And so, if you look at year over year numbers, twenty twenty two is still up over twenty twenty one, both from home values and sales. Where you see the slowdown is if you compare May of 2022 to, let's say, November numbers of 2022. That's where you've seen the slowdown. And it's been pretty consistent across the board. So it's not um, just inner city or it's not just, you know, what used to be known as the suburbs. Yeah. If you look at sales, you know, the difference in sales from, let's say, May to November, what you'll see is regardless of which county that you're looking at, it's about six to nine percent drop in sales between between those two periods of time within the year. And so 2022 really was a, a kind of a tale of two halves. You had a really hot first half and then we had a slowdown in the second half. And if you look at a lot of the economist predictions for the housing market in 2023, it will likely be a little bit of the reverse of that. The first half of 2023 being a little bit slower, a continuation of what we're seeing now. And then as things stabilize and the rest of the economy catches up where housing already is and the Fed relaxes some of its um, work that it's doing right now to slow things down, we will have a little we'll start that recovery process in the back half of 2023. Do you track the, the, the demand for um, uh, condominiums, high rises? You know, there was a time in this area, I mean, up until 10 or 15 years ago that nobody wanted to buy condominiums and they all wanted single family homes and and the condominiums that were built failed i mean the athena and preston tower over on northwest highway you know were built and and went through bankruptcy because nobody'd buy them now it seemed like the demand is back 
Yeah, and there was a, some uh, predictions that ended up being incorrect. They were very short-lived that as we started COVID, everybody wanted single family, more space around me. I didn't want to live in a building with other people. Um, and what we found was that was a really short period of time where the demand for uh, condos and high-rises dropped for a two-month, three-month period of time and then really rebounded back to their normal historical levels. And and that has remained consistent. So when we look at the decline in sales from earlier this year to now, it is really across the board, across all counties and really all types of housing as well. You know, it seemed like we were also getting a pushback pre-COVID, a pushback to the long commutes. And, and my sense is coming out of COVID that people are going to want to live closer to where they work more than ever before. Yeah, there's a little bit of a, a, a tug of war happening where you have certain business leaders, and we're certainly seeing this play out in New York, maybe not quite as much in a market like Dallas-Fort Worth, where the company leaders are longing for everyone to be back in the office. But what they're finding is it's a little harder to get to just issue an edict and get the workers back. I saw a really interesting stat that LinkedIn post where it said only 14% of the job openings posted on LinkedIn LinkedIn are hybrid or, or fully remote work. But 50% of all applicants are applying for those 14% of jobs. So you can wish and hope all you want as a business leader, maybe to get everyone back into the office as it was prior to the pandemic. You will face challenges a little bit with your uh, workforce in that regard. And so the hybrid approach is where a lot of companies seem to be landing. And that is giving people a little bit more yeah. flexibility and where they choose to work versus where they choose to live. Well, and we're also seeing companies move their locations closer to employment centers. I mean, this is, I mean, this area, you know, Fort Worth and Dallas are, are great examples of that too. And I think it's so they can be close to their workforce so they can get employees. Yes, that's absolutely true. And again, kind of, those markets that saw like a remarkable uptick and Boise has kind of been the the poster child for this where, you know, no one really thought of Boise prior to the pandemic. There was it's a wonderful city. It's beautiful. But it became a, a pandemic fueled buyer frenzy where the average price of home in Boise rose to over five hundred thousand uh, dollars during the pandemic. It will see the largest drop off. So when they start showing cities that have dropped off, you know, what are sales now versus what they were a year ago? you'll see cities like Boise drop off quite a bit. When you look at North Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth, we already had a lot of people moving here before because of the business climate, the lifestyle, cost of living. Those things hold true. And in fact, NAR put out a um, some research just this past week where the Dallas-Fort Worth area was ranked as one of the top three markets for 2023. Wow. Let me ask you a quick question because I'm running long, as I always do when I talk to you because I enjoy it so much. You all are often on the leading edge of relocation. You may not know exactly who's, you know, sniffing around the area to relocate here, but corporations. Has that activity slowed any? It's slowed a little bit. Let's say we went through, obviously, as we know, there was a lot of corporate relocations into the Dallas-Fort Worth area in those mid-2010 years uh, and leading up to the pandemic. But there are still more happening right now, not at the same velocity as they were before. And the other shift that we've seen is is sometimes businesses not moving their entire headquarters, but opening what they'll call, you know, HQ2 uh, into a, an employment hub like a Dallas-Fort Worth, like you mentioned. So that is still happening. Absolutely. Chris Kelly is the CEO of Ebby Halliday Companies, and we wish you a great, uh, great new year. 
Happy New Year, David. Thanks for having me today. Thanks a lot for more of our conversation. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson, News Radio 1080 KRLD.